La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Oh, boy. West Harrison in Lakeview, Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic. Mr. Dr. Josh Roulette has us here on a Wednesday. Yes, I sir. Know, I know you're here to you know work on people's backs, acupuncture, suction cuppies, whatever it is you guys do to make people walk upright and stuff. But <laughs> did you ever take a psychology class? Um, you know, just the one-on-ones, yeah. but, but not because enough to understand what's going on. Well, we may need to use some of that uh, knowledge from when we went back to school back in the day because therapy may be needed today for some Pelicans fan watching that game last night, not only in terms of how to take that game, but to digest what happened in that game. Needless to say, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Mr. John DeShazer, color analyst and also Saints beat reporter or saints columnist for new orleans saints.com is going to join us at the bottom of the hour we'll talk about the <clears throat> draymond green plays from last night but also earlier in the day a man was double duty and he he was sitting next to dennis allen and he asked a question about michael thomas <laughs> um at the that. owners eat at meetings went uh straight to the the air you know the airport and uh and called the game right. <laughs> in golden state in san francisco so We'll chat with him coming up at 12.30. At one fifteen. Ralph Marlboro would join us, as he normally does on Wednesdays, get his take on what DA had to say. And, you know, it's interesting Arthur Blank of the Falcons came out this morning and, and, and gave the reason why the Falcons are not going after Lamar Jackson. <laughs> it's, a lot of these owners are going, hey, we're good. Like, the commanders was asked about it as well. They're like, you know, we're, we're good with what we have. Right. And... I think Arthur Blank kind of said, quite honestly, what uh, I think a lot of people feel when it comes to him. He said there's no question Lamar is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Looking at it objectively, there was some concern about whether or not he can play his style of game for how long. That can last. Hopefully a long time, but he's missed five, six games each of the past two years. And I think that's the thing when you're asking to guarantee 200 plus plus. But it's interesting that an owner came out and said that. You right. know what I mean? Uh, That's what everyone was thinking right. and, and no one was saying. So there you go. So <laughs> we'll, we'll digest that a little bit, and we'll talk to uh, J.D. a little bit about that as well and Ralph Marlborough coming up at uh, 2.15, Sean Fox, his thoughts, and then Aaron Summers is going to join us at 2.30. But we got a lot to get into here, and we will in about a minute or so, but yeah. always nice to see you. How are you? It's good to see you as well. I'm doing all right, man. I um I didn't bother you this week because A, you'd make fun of me, and B, I was going to see if I could, you know, figure it out myself. It usually doesn't work well. Saturday morning, yeah. getting out of bed, like literally, just saying, Carver's like, let's go. I'm like, fine, here we go. I do what I normally do. I just hop up. I kick the legs out. I get going. And as I did that, I felt it. It locked up, and I went straight back down. I'm like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Just add that to the list. We, we, had, can't we, do we had a Pelicans remote. <laughs> right. We had that Pels game that night. I'm like, "This is not the day where I can't." Couldn't stand up, you know. Right. So I, I, but 
this is where you come in. Over the next couple of days and yesterday and today, I'm like, I got to go to the gym. I think warming up and staying warm, I'm better. And then I also did some of the stretching exercises of what you like to do sometimes and grab my leg and fling it that way, bring my knee to the chest, do all those different aspects of it that you do on your table. But I did it actually at home to try to stretch my back out and stuff, and I'm actually walking today. So Yeah, you need to get a little blood flow in there, and it helps, sure. Because I text you. I'm like, I was like, okay, so... I'm not going to hurt because my wife's like, you're going to go to the gym. You're not going to, you're going to break your back. I'm like, no, I actually think stretching out because it feels like, it just feels like, um, like a spasm almost. You know, does that make sense? Like when you, well, when you, when you so, get a spasm or a cramp, like everything tightens and that's kind of what it is. Right. Like so the whole back happens, just sort of you feels don't want to like go to the gym and lift heavy. Right. Cause then you're working something that's already overworked and that's how you can hurt yourself. Right. I but did. if you do go to the gym and you want to stretch and you want right. to get, well, blood I did cardio. I did 30 minutes of, electrical. right. That kind of yeah. stuff is going to help you make you feel a little better. And that's that's basically what you said you were doing. I mean, you showed yeah. me you're on the on the treadmill, I did. yeah, getting, getting <laughs> I, your time I in, and, and it I feels said, better because okay, it's warm. You know, yeah. if that makes any sense. Absolutely. If I needed a massage, though, I wanted to go to Lakeview Massage and Therapy. Uh, you're giving people a hookup. Yeah, we're giving people a hookup. It's twenty dollars off your first uh, massage for this month of through the month of April. Uh, all you gotta do is go in there and say Gus's name or say the show Sports Hangover that you heard the. The uh, the deal, and you guys can and sign up and, and get a little taste of what it's like to actually feel good um, from one of the therapists over there. They're really, really amazing. They're not going to just, you know, rub you down, but th- what they're going to do is stretch you out, work your body out, really address the issues that are going on with you and your body. Every every person in there has a skill set that is going to address your needs and not just, a, you know, a general person off the street. So it's really good for you to get over there and let them uh, assess whatever issue you may be feeling, even if you're just like us, a weekend warrior, someone <laughs> right. who's going to the gym, someone who's dealing with kids. Um, you need your body worked on as well. You don't want to just keep letting those stresses add up in the, in the tension building in the muscles. You want to make sure that you're doing what you can to prepare for the next day, and, and the massage is a great way to do that. Yeah, and, and Jess is fantastic. So when you call oh, there, Jess will likely be the person that talks to you and schedules you, and she's awesome. She is. And then when you call here, it'll be Mercy or Aaron. Yes. So. Um, okay, so I got all that out there. Yeah. I was just buying a little time, too, before I got angry. No, that was the good stuff. <sighs> now we can, um. Know. Stress talk. So, look, I, <laughs> just going through my phone and social media from the beginning of the game to the middle of the game to the Cobra Kai moment of the game right? to after the game, it, it really is incredible the, the, how fans react to certain things. This team had won five straight. I mean, that's at the right time to win five straight. You moved up. Yeah. A win would have put you in six. It's good. So, right. I'm, I'm just going to stop this here. And I'll take phone calls. Obviously, they're open. 800-998-1003 on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. But please, I, one of the reasons I'm getting JD on, the amount of people, you, you may, do you treat broken or sprained ankles from people jumping off bandwagons? I, yeah. Do, do you? Can, can you fix? Not from that, you know, okay. exact reason, but, right. you know. Um, I understand. I had a couple this morning that were <laughs> the, the they took of, big leaps. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, right. Five games ago, you know, Willie and the massive changes. Team plays well. We understood, right? right? We understood it was the teams they played, but very nice win against the Clippers, and you're up twenty at Golden State playing good basketball, right? When the Draymond Green play happened. The first thing that went through my head was, well, I can't say on air. Yeah. But 
it reminded me of what you see when there's a desperation moment in an opponent where they don't think that they can match or something needs to be done out of the ordinary to change the momentum so what it is. We joke about it a lot of times when yeah. the Pels were losing 10 straight or there's a big run. You know, the somebody throw a chair, right, do somebody do angry, the right? hard tech, some, somebody take time. the hard foul. Draymond Green did it to perfection last night. Now, let's not mistake what he did and how I feel, but I'm just telling you, I'm looking at it as an observer. He did exactly what I thought he did at the moment he did it. You will hear it in his words. Yeah. Not only admit it, but be praised by it by his head coach. And when you look at that, and then you see what happened after the start of the third quarter, where DiVincenzo goes up in between Brandon Ingram and Larry Nance and gets the put back dunk rebound. And it just, that place, it just, it just, it started to come apart. Yeah. And I think, and it's almost feel like we do this every Wednesday. I, I feel like we forget that this is still a very young team, that this is still a team that hasn't won 40 games or anything right. of that nature. And, and, you know, in their time, they're getting close to it now with 38, but, they they haven't had a playoff series with Zion. I mean, it, it, they're still in the process of learning to win. And I would put the coach in there as well, right? I mean, Jonas disappeared yesterday in the second half. He played 22 minutes. In the right. previous games, he was playing over 30 minutes. So when, when you look at different things, there, there's it's a phrase you don't want to hear today, but it is a learning experience. I mean, it is a, it is a learning experience from that aspect of it that you – you got Cobra Kai. There's no other way to look at it. All right? There, there legitimately is no other way to look at it. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? Listen, see? Okay. So I'm not saying Steve Kerr did that, but it was apparently taken upon himself. In order to do it, this is how it sounded like on the Pelicans Radio Network. DiVincenzo around a screen, drives to the nail. Oh, and there is Trey Murphy to block Looney. Up the floor, Ingram. Oh, I mean, Draymond Green just hip-checked him. I mean, he had no intention of blocking any type of shot. Yeah, Ingram's in his face. I don't blame yeah, him. It was, it, it was not. He and it's go, a double technical foul. Yeah, he didn't go after the basketball, and Brandon Ingram's trying to it's protect. It's a joke, yeah, man. Brandon Ingram's upset. Well, he's exactly I'd be right. upset, That's too. Yeah, Brandon Ingram's upset because Brandon Ingram's saying, look, man, that, that ain't basketball. That's a shoulder shiver, yeah. and i tell you what, man. I would I would suggest that is a non-basketball play, and, that, and that's a flagrant one. Foul on Draymond Green has been upgraded to a flagrant foul one. Yeah. yeah. Boo! <laughs> Boo! I mean, he's not making a play on the ball. That's not a basketball play. He just won through the guy with his shoulder. And it's a dangerous play. It's the easiest call in America. All right, so that's how it sounded like on the radio. After, on television, on in the game, so Draymond Green is being interviewed afterwards. Chris Haynes has the post-game interview. You did it defensively. 
You did it playmaking wise. You did it some other ways too. But ultimately, what was the deciding factor and how you guys were able to come back and get this win? Uh, we started playing with some heart and intensity. Those first, uh, that first quarter and a half, they punked us. And we were down 20. It take a real one to talk when you're down 20. And I was able to get my guys going. And then they started doing what they do. And I can do what I do. What got you going? You were going down them in that second quarter. What got you through that level? Uh, I fouled B.I. It's a good hard foul. And C.J. started talking. You know, you don't start talking. Play, play the game. And just enjoy what y'all were doing. They were playing a good game. And he started talking. And that's my type of game. I like that. That's that's what I do. I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. That's how we play. And so once they wanted to go there, I enjoyed that. And then after the game, uh, he continued, not only doubling down, but here's uh, what he had to say to the media afterwards. So that was on the court. And then afterwards, uh, Draymond, here we go. I knew we needed a boost. Um, we were just kind of flat, uh, no energy, kind of letting those guys get wherever they wanted to go. So I just wanted to get us fired up. And once the foul happened, they started talking. Like, it's a hard foul, but... It's not dirty. He doesn't jump or anything. I caught him on the floor. I hit him uh, with a shoulder. So once they started talking, then they gave me an end to kind of get us fired up. And I used that, and we got going. Head coach Steve Kerr. Draymond willed us to victory tonight. I mean, just um, his intensity, his frustration early um, with the way we were playing. Um, mad at the world, yelling at everybody, their bench, our bench, me, uh, and Frankly, we, we all deserved it. You know, like we are that first half was as poor a half as we've played, um, all year and we weren't engaged. And that's what makes Draymond special. It's, um, it's not just the, uh, amazing basketball IQ and defense and playmaking, but it's just his sheer will. And, um, he was, he was a key tonight. I said it yesterday. We had Schmidt Dua. From Bourbon Street, shots on at 2.05. And I told him at the end of the interview about what was the key. And I said, for me, it's Draymond Green. That team goes as he goes. And I said, the last time they played there, he was pulling Billy Hernan Gomez down by the hips. He was doing those antics again. It's just annoying that he, he gets praised for, for it's unbelievable. You know, look, and again, we can look at this both ways. And, and, and I think it's important to look at it both ways. What he did... And is that basketball play, is that acceptable? Is that the right way to approach it and things of that nature? But I also think it's one of the things, too, that, I, I again, as I said, it's, it's a phrase you don't want to hear today as a Pels fan, learning experience, to understand that. He just said it. He verbalized it. He knew what a weakness that you could use against you. And C.J. McCollum fell for the bait, you know. And later on in that game, he runs over, throws his forearms. He's got, got lucky he didn't get kicked out. Who, CJ? Well, yeah, when he hit DiVincenzo, and it was a technical foul, and that spurred the crowd. Once right. a guy like that knows he's under your skin, you're done. Yeah. Period. So I'll get your thoughts on that there as well, but I wanted to play that so y'all could hear it. He was absolutely done on purpose, and the Pels didn't know how to respond to it. So let's talk about that. The Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the Director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? 
Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. Have you ever thought you're just not a math person? With students more than half a grade level behind because of COVID, your kid may feel the same way. But it's not too late to get involved and be part of the equation. Get your child on track with math at bepartoftheequation.org. Warner Bet, presented by Penn Entertainment, is moving. Starting April 5th, Warner Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison will be moving to Wednesdays at 6 p.m. We'll still be live from the sports book at Boomtown Casino and Hotel on the West Bank, and we'll still be giving you the best bets in sports. And of course, we'll still be hearing about all the delicious food from Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Warner Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison, Wednesday, starting April 5th at 6 p.m. on ESPN 100.3. ESPN New Orleans. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Our sense of urgency to start the third quarter. We started, I believe it was 8-zip, two turnovers. Um, can't give this team any life Um once they get going, once this building gets going, you know, it's, it's tough to stop them. We're going to get to one angry midget here in about 30 seconds, but you wanted to comment on what, what, yeah, you I mean, heard I think it's just that. difficult to listen to Draymond after that gets so praised for being what I would consider more of a dirty player. I mean, you can pump your guys up and you get everyone going. There's sportsmanship, these kind of things, and there's, you know, ways of playing hard, but, you know, him doing a hard foul, getting the flagrant. Saying multiple obscenity curses towards our team the whole entire time he's on the sidelines. I don't understand why that's not a technical. I don't understand how he can run over literally mm-hmm. Herb Jones, kick him in the face, not get a, a another tech for that, and get kicked out the game at that point, which could have spurred them on more. We don't know. Um, I thought the Pelicans responded well. I thought they had great poise. I thought they did what they were supposed to in the beginning, and, and it kind of became too much. You know, B.I., the last couple of games, was praised for not having any turnovers. Uh, he had six turnovers last night. They started not taking care of the ball. You know, end of third, fourth quarter, they weren't playing their game. I think he had 25 going into the fourth and scored one more point in the fourth. I don't even know how that's possible. Like you were telling, you were saying, Valanciunas was 22 minutes where he's been yeah. playing. It just 30. threw everything off. Threw it everything threw off. Everything threw off. Threw their vibe off. They're a young team. I think it's important and to understand that, and and they just weren't ready for that moment once it got. I sent up. you and Graf a clip. I can't play it. Um, and when Ingram mentioned, I swear I'm coming to you here. Um, but it's audio. It, it's it's an enhanced audio. You can hear. Yeah. Draymond and Bi and everybody going back and forth. What what Draymond was saying verbally 
I don't know how that's not a flagrant. Yeah. I mean, P-word, N-word, yeah. you name it. Challenging, I think it's either CJ or it might have been B.I. It's a fighting. What I are mean, you going to do not? about it? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Nothing, you P-word. What, you know, call him the N-word. I, to my knowledge, dropping any of that kind of language normally would get you a tech as it is. Like if B.I. dunks and goes, take that. You P word, you N word. My guess T. would be that is a T. Yep. To allow him to, and he's walking towards the Pelicans bench. He was just standing on his bench and just yelling, yelling, expletive. Can you imagine being a dad slur. with your kid in the I mean, audience right well, there? I'm just saying, I don't. I, I, I'm one angry midget. How are you, sir? What's going on, guys? How are you? there? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm just trying to breathe. <laughs> Look, man, like, I'm not even Draymond. Draymond did what Draymond does. Yeah. That, if you didn't know that that's what Draymond was going to do, then you don't follow the NBA. It's what he does. What I'm upset with is that you had a wounded animal in your sight, and Draymond had four fouls. Baby boy, that game was over. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was grab Najee, grab Jackson Hayes, grab all the end of your bench, come at Draymond until Draymond picks up a fifth or a sixth and get in his ear. Let me ask you a question, Gus. What would Rajon Rondo have done? Yeah. No, I look, and, and that's why I said at the beginning of the show, it's the phrase you don't want to hear today if you're a Pels fan. But it's one that you need to take heed to, and it's it is a learning experience yeah. because for coach. Let too. me tell you something. Everyone saw that last night. Not only was it on national TV, but the game film and all that. And I'm just telling you, it was another team in the Western Conference that is very similar to that, and that is their game plan. And when the Warriors and Grizzlies mm-hmm. play each other, it's darn near a fight. They already don't like each other. Draymond and Bain have started beef, so. It's not just them. Memphis does that, and you. And I'm just saying, not every team has guys like that. But if I'm taking on the Pelicans in the postseason in the play-in or something of that nature, I, I'm going to see if I can get under your skin or not. Because yeah, the thing that was not? disappointing more than anything else, too, and again, and I understood it. And that's why when I sent it to Josh and Todd this morning, I even tweeted about it. it I, I retweeted the audio clip. It, it's easy for us to say, keep your composure. What he was saying to some of those guys, it, it's it's hard. I yeah. mean, it, it it like I'm listening to it and I I'm getting agitated. I had to turn the game off, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. So, and, and I guess it is disappointing to sit there and be like a guy like C.J. McCollum. I mean, he couldn't. It, it got to him, you know. I mean, it, it got to him where he he planted one of their right. guys on the floor, you know. So, again, I think it's a learning experience, and I don't think at all. The reaction that I saw by some fans, oh, there they go again. It was a letdown. Dude, it was a back-to-back. You were up 20. You had 17-point lead at halftime. That's a learning experience on how to handle that environment, how to coach better, how to handle that from a playing standpoint. And what I loved more than anything else, too, is TNT kept showing Zion was ticked 
off. And he wanted to be in that game so bad. So bad. And that's a game that having a guy like that, you bring in a bowling ball, a 240, whatever it is, down the lane, right into Draymond and Run put a knee. And, and I'm over. just saying, that's what you're missing. You're missing that physical component. Right. But it can so, go two ways, Gus. I mean, no, you, I can, you can go now. They can use this mm-hmm. to fire their way through the rest of the season. They have a really hard schedule. Yeah. And all of a sudden, maybe they make – you know, a win where we didn't expect them to yeah. win, or they can fold well, that, and be that young that's team. That's the you're key. One angry What's going to happen? Dr. Joshua, let's bring up a very good point. It's literally one of the things I thought about this morning. You cannot let what happened last night affect you tomorrow. Right. You Unless can't. it's positive. Go take a day off today. Go see the mountains in Denver. Yeah. Go check out some mountain grass, whatever it is that you need. Go just relax because you do have that stretch that's I coming just, now. And, you know, and go take care of business tomorrow. Don't let what happened last night. Linger, right? I'm just saying, if Rajon Rondo was a Pelican this season in that game, Draymond would have been taking a shower midway through the third quarter. He'd have been gone. He'd have picked up another. He'd have picked up another two fouls. He'd have picked up a tech. He'd have been gone. And I don't understand. And look, I, I get it. Learning experience. I followed this team from the yeah. very beginning. I am the end. Of a bandwagon fan, I will root for this team. I've watched bad basketball. I've watched good basketball. I will continue to follow this team no matter what. Whether Zion is on the court or playing in another jersey, I don't care. I'm a Pelicans fan. But it, it, it drives me insane that someone didn't call a timeout and grab Najee and tell Najee, put your shoulder in this chest and don't stop. The second he touches, a, touches the ball, swipe his arm. You got six of them, bruh. Use them. And when Najee gets into foul trouble, hey, Colin, you've been earning a paycheck being the smoothest guy on the team. Go get dirty. Go over there, put your shoulder in his chest, swipe at his arm, agitate him, whisper in his ear, do whatever it takes. Be Rajon Rondo right now. Because if he fouls out, that game's over. They're done. And it just feels like with a 20-point lead, 17 at halftime, I have enough margin for error to go at him and attack him and lose a little bit of my lead but win the war. That's that's my point. I'm a, I think that's a good point. I'm assuming you watched the game and if you heard the Willie Green kind of giving his speech, you know, y'all stick together, back up your brother, but stay poised, stay poised, stay poised. You know, those guys are young. They have that in the back of their mind. They're thinking, Excuse me, they're thinking, don't get out of hand, don't go down that road. So maybe that's in their mindset. But then also I was thinking the same thing that you're talking about. And the very next play after a timeout, they went down to Jonas, who had Draymond on him. I thought that's exactly what they were trying to do to get him fouled out. Jonas got the ball stolen from him on that play. They maybe tried it one more time, and it didn't work out. And then you don't know, kind of, the game kind of flows away from it. You know, the change you know, the game changes in, in a very quick moment there for us. They get those five offensive rebounds almost in a row, and all of a sudden we're chasing them, and the game plan changes. So we don't know what was said in the huddle past that point, but, yeah, call another timeout. And like Gus is saying, it's a it's a learning experience for Willie, too, and him trying to understand, all right, i got to take a second back, get my team back on track with what we want to do rather than playing their game. Call Rondo. If you're going to pay somebody $8 million to sit on the bench and only play in the last 45 yeah. seconds of blowout game, let it be Rajon Rondo. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if Rajon Rondo fell, can we win that game? That's all I got, Gus. All right, my man. 
There he goes. One angry midget. Head coach Willie Green talked about as well the the other thing. And again, look, at the end of the game, during the game, as the game is ending, I know emotions are high, Pels fans, what have you, and just, you know, man, it stinks and all this other stuff, but they're the defending champs. They're defending champs for a reason. Steph Curry's good. Clay Thompson, who can't hit anything most of the night, right at the time he's ready to kill you with the dagger, boom, there it is. You hear that place. Looney's getting every rebound in that one stretch. It's just, like, they're, they're, they're the champs for a reason. You know, and that's right. the thing. Like, I, I am as agitated as anyone, and I'm looking at it, but at the same time, like, you're not there yet. Nope. And, the, and the only way to get there is you have to go through what they did last night. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, look, I, I would have, you had, you could have won that game. Absolutely. That said, you have to learn how to win that game. And, and, and this is all part of that learning experience, right? right? To be able to handle a guy like him. And you met, you were right. Right after that, Pels responded. I mean, they had the, they had the halftime lead. They did. And even in the third quarter, which things didn't go their way, they were up 89-85. They led through three quarters and were going through a lot. You can see the, the oil was leaking, but they, they still led. Right. And, and that, that's where you look at this and go, what could we have done different? I, you know, I, you and I can sit there and be like, I would have loved to have given it to Jonas. I would have tried to get another foul on Draymond, things of that nature. But, you know, all of that starts up. But again, that team, when they get cooking, it, it's, it's, it's hard. They're a championship caliber team for a reason. And, and Coach Green, who coached there, said this afterwards. Experience. They've seen every defense there is to, to see and, they know how to turn it on. Um, I thought our guys did a great job starting the game and having control of the game in the first half, and then the second half um, kind of fell apart for us. Uh, so tough loss, um, but we'll we'll regroup. We'll go back, watch some film, and, and get ready for Denver. And I think that's important. You have to feel it like, like that, too. And, look, we've seen a couple of games way too many this year where the Pels have blown leads in the second half, third quarters. This was different, I think. Than what yeah. I've seen earlier. I mean, it's more they were emotional loss. They, they were making they were making throws. They were doing all those different things. Uh, I have no idea why my timer on my laptop <laughs> just went off. Uh, I guess that's to tell me it's time to go to break. John DeShazer is coming up, <laughs> buddy. Did you do that? It's a brand new feature. I tend to go yeah. long sometimes on breaks. Um, <laughs> we'll do that. John DeShazer, color analyst for the Pelicans, and also columnist for Saints.com. He was there at the owners' meetings yesterday. What he thought about what Dennis Allen had to say. We'll talk to him next. Next on ESPN New Orleans. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin. That's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. 
In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities. Victory over setbacks. Victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Mr. John DeShazer joins us. Writes columns and covers the Saints for NewOrleansSaints.com. And, of course, you can hear him with the graph. Uh, now, throughout the rest of the season, road and home, he was there yesterday in San Francisco. We'll get to that in a second. First off, man, is it good morning still where you are in Denver? It is still good morning on Mountain go. Time. Um, we are one hour behind, I think. Yeah, it's, think so? it's taking a little bit. You know, I've been a little bit here and there, and so it's taking a little bit of adjusting for me. Uh, so yesterday, you were the one that asked um, – Coach Dennis Allen about Michael Thomas sent Twitter into a frenzy into the follow-up game, and he said we expect him ready for the regular season. But how important is Michael Thomas to this team and him coming back and being healthy and being ready to go week one? Well, he is the specific guy or the specific type of guy that Dennis Allen mentioned at the close of last season that the Saints had to have on offense, a big receiver who makes contested catches. That is the definition of Michael Thomas. And most successful offenses need that kind of guy because, you know, on third and four, when everybody knows kind of, you know, you need, you need something, you need a guy who one-on-one can make that play. And Michael Thomas, if it's one-on-one, he's going to make that play. If it's one-on-two and you look at him, you still might look at him because you say, you know, that's Michael Thomas, so I'm going to give him a chance. So he is that good. We saw that in the, in the first game of last season. You know, unfortunately, it was an abbreviated season, but we saw when Michael Thomas is, is right, when he's healthy, uh, he is still, and he's still, I think he still can be an elite receiver. Now, that remains to be seen. Hadn't played since, you know, hadn't played a full season since 2019. Right. That's a lot of time. And that's a lot of, you know, not playing and non activity. But it looked at the beginning of the last season, and we know the way he works, that he's not going to put himself back out there unless he feels like, quote unquote, Michael Thomas. When you look at all the different moves here as well, and even going back to Derek Carr's presser where he mentioned Michael Thomas was the guy calling him. It's not the other way around. Um, it seems like a very purposeful, and I'm trying to think of the right word to put it, the moves the Saints are making and Dennis Allen are making, are they make sense and they're for a reason to him, if that makes sense, from the coaches and the coaching staff having worked with them to him speaking yesterday to you guys about the type of players and why he likes them and listening to things like whether it's, you know, Shepard or Saunders, that there's still more. Like he specifically looks at these guys as, hey, not only they can help us, but we think we can unlock more. But he mentioned a lot with the staff too as well. What do you make of this offseason so far by the Saints? 
Well, I think I think he's feeling more comfortable. I mean, he's you know got a staff of guys that he feels comfortable with, he's coached with, and they understand his moves, his vibe, his you know what he's looking for. And that's not necessarily to say that those other guys didn't, but these guys specifically know because they worked with him, and so that should make for a, a little bit more cohesion. And I don't, again, I don't say that they had you know no cohesion last year, but I think it adds to the cohesion when you have that familiarity. And you know, look. People can say, well, you guys didn't do anything here or whatever. You know, Dennis Allen's the head coach, and he needs to be as comfortable as he can in his position to perform as well as he possibly can. So you get a staff that makes you feel comfortable, that you feel confident in, and you feel they're competent. And you don't just hire your buddies because they're your buddies. You hire guys who you believe are good coaches. And then the players, yeah, you get the two defensive tackles, Nate Shepard and uh, Colin Saunders, and you look at the numbers, and the first thing you know, you look at is, you know, man, man these guys don't have any, any any sacks. Well, what were the situations they were playing in? What were they being asked to do? And now, if you ask them to do some of those things, are they capable of doing it? Are they capable right. of pushing that pocket and getting to the quarterback? Well, Dennis Allen believes that they are, given the opportunities. If they're only playing 25 snaps a game on defense, you might not be able to find out. But if they're playing... 38, 40, 45, maybe you get a better idea of it. I know you were there briefly, but while you were there, how much talk was there about Lamar Jackson, the rest of the NFC South, and other topics uh, amongst the reporters and coaches yesterday that spoke? Man, Lamar wasn't there, and he just dropped the mic and walked off. I mean, that was <laughs> that was cold. I mean, that was, you know, if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it, man. And, and it dominates because we're talking about a former MVP. We're talking about a guy who's 26 years old. And when you see franchises say, well, we don't have any interest, we're good with with this guy or we're good with that guy, and you look at those franchises and you're like, you got to be kidding me. Really? <laughs> you know good and well you can't be more comfortable with that guy than you would right. be with Lamar Jackson. Now, are you willing to invest the guarantee that it's going to require in order to get him? you know, you got smart people in front offices all over the NFL, and I don't know if all these guys are as smart as, as Kai Hawley, from the Saints, but you can structure things and you can do what's necessary to get that kind of talent in your building. I think when you look at the exclusive, um, um, when you look at the um, franchise tag that he's under, where you know the, the Ravens can match or the Ravens can let him go and get the two first-round picks, well, the Ravens are basically asking you to do their work for him. And you know, Lamar Jackson's like, look, I'm tired of this. I just I want out. I'm tired of this. We've had a chance to do this. I'm tired. Of they don't want to pay me what I feel like I'm worth. And, you know, if you're, if you're the Ravens, you still do maintain the control in there because you've got that tag on it. You can hold out. You can just, you know, if he wants to sit out a season, you can say, okay, we'll just we'll squat with it. But, you know, I think at some point it's got to come to a head because, you know, you got a guy sitting out a season when you can get some assets for him. You know, well, who is that benefiting? Is it benefiting you to who don't have the assets for him? Or is it benefiting him who, in his absence even, maybe his value rises? So, you know, something's going to have to come to a head there. Something's got to be done. Speaking with John DeShazer, covers your Saints, and, of course, it's part of the broadcast crew on radio of your New Orleans Pelicans there in Denver. He's in Denver for tomorrow's game against the Nuggets. Last night, though, in San Francisco, 20-point lead, 17-point lead to half, and then it turns into a loss because of a handful of reasons we talked about in the post game. But after the game, this was Draymond Green. I knew we needed a boost. Um, we were just kind of flat. 
uh, no energy, kind of letting those guys get wherever they wanted to go. So I just wanted to get us fired up. And once the foul happened, they started talking. Like, it's a hard foul, but it's not dirty. He doesn't jump or anything. I caught him on the floor. I hit him uh, with a shoulder. So once they started talking, then they gave me an in to kind of get us fired up. And I used that, and we got going. J.D., I said in here, now we're number one. It's a phrase I know Pels fans don't want to hear, maybe even the team, but that's a learning experience because I still think this team is in the phase of learning how to win and learning how to win consistently. That's a championship team. They know the tricks of the trade. I think that's what I saw last night. What did you yeah, they, they that second half, they raised their level of play and execution to uh, we've been here before, we've won championships level. And not to say that the Pelicans, you know, were shell-shocked by it, but, you know, they hit an avalanche and the Pels couldn't do anything about it. Now, was Raymond with the whole, you know, I was the one who fired the team. You know, he, 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 he plays that way every game. So, you know, they wouldn't be in the position they are if it fired up the team every time he did that. You know, it was, it was not a clean play against Brandon Ingram. Uh, he ran up to him, shoulder-checked him, and, you know, fortunately, B.I. doesn't slip there and fall down or something like that when all he had to do, in that situation, you're side by side with him, wrap him up. You don't have to, you don't have to do what you did. And then the Herb Jones thing, it's simple. You commit the offensive foul. You know your leg is on that man. And ain't no grown man gonna let you just rest your leg on him until you get finished. You know, so Herb pushes him off. And so, you know, all that stuff, you know, to say that fired up the team, well, you know, they were down 17 at halftime. So I don't know how much it fired them up. I think what fired them up was Kevon Looney in that third quarter, you know, coming in and getting those offensive rebounds and, and them getting those, you know, second chance threes and those kinds of things. And then, unfortunately, the Pelicans unable to match that. But yeah, I think it's a great lesson because you see the level of intensity that you need to be at. You, you see that look. I don't know. I don't care if we're on the on the back to back, and I'm not going to use that as an excuse because they got off the floor pretty quickly in Portland. But you see the level that you need to be at to play a team like that on the road. You know, there are some some teams that what the Pels gave last night might have been sufficient to hold on and win, but that team you knew was going to make a push. That team you knew was going to make a run, and when they get it going and that crowd gets going, it's hard to turn them off. Is that the key for tomorrow night's game? I said it a segment before to not let what happened last night trickle into tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and this has been a good team in terms of that kind of resiliency. They they kind of you know they they might take a bad game and they spit it out. I mean, they lost the first one at Houston and they came back and won the Nick from Houston, so they're able to kind of you know adjust and make the necessary you know adjustments to to be able to be effective the next game. You know, I don't you know hopefully. Hopefully, they learn that lesson of, you know, you know Denver's going to make a push. They're home. They're the home team. Whether it's going to be early or whether it's going to be late, you know they're going to throw a couple of haymakers. Now, how do you withstand those? You know, how do you withstand those if you're the Pelicans? That's the thing. The thing about the five-game winning streak was they gave up 97 points a game. They defended extremely well. Well, Golden State's a tough team to defend, and Denver might be a tougher team to defend because when you got a point center – who's just about averaging a triple-double, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you you got to figure out ways to stop his peripheral help because he's going to do his thing. If you can make him a score and, and, and maybe cut his assist down, that's one thing. But this dude has eyes all around his head, not in the back of his head. He's got eyes all around his head. So he's going to make the right play at the right time. 
So you've got to be able to match that if you're the Pelicans in terms of your execution, which is what kind of dissipated in the second half last night. I think the other thing to note, too, as well, when it comes to this game coming up and even in the final half dozen here, man, it's um, whether or not we're going to see Zion Williamson or not. Yesterday, Chris Hines, um, or Haynes in the television broadcast, I was we're doing the radio, so we didn't hear it. But after the game, I saw it was posted, did a report on Zion saying he had a vigorous workout, Things are looking good. I know that quote-unquote reevaluation is next Wednesday, a week from today. That's when the Pels host Memphis. I, I'm very hopeful that I think you'll see Zion before the end of the regular season. And, man, I, I look at a game like last night, and you, you could have used a guy like that at that moment, right, when things got a little sideways a little bit. But I, I don't know, man. Look, I know you just got there and joined the team stuff, but it, it's better than not to hear a report of vigorous workout. I <laughs> mean, that's where we are. Yeah, I mean, when when Big Z is right, he is a dominant force in the NBA. There is no ifs, ands, buts about it. He is one of the top players in the league. He is an unstoppable force. And, yeah, we hope that he gets back. We hope that he can integrate back quickly, fall right back into rhythm with the team, and the chemistry isn't interrupted to the point where it takes him, you know, too long to figure things out. But it's one of those things also where I look at it and say, you know, okay, he ain't here. He ain't playing. And I'm not going to look through, you know, I ain't, ain't going to keep looking at the door every time it swings open to see if it's him. You know, there's only yeah. so many times you can say, you know what, just wait till my big brother comes home. And, and you know, right. then he's going to take care of you. He's going to take <laughs> right. care of you. You know, after a while, the, the guy's looking at you tapping his watch like, okay, where's your big brother? You know, because the schedule ain't slowing down until your big brother gets here. So you got to deal with what you have and you got to make do with it. But yeah, it'd be great to see Big Z back, back out there because. He is one of those guys, when things break down on offense, you can put the ball in his hand and say, okay, go get us one, and he can go get you one. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, look, he's got the size, too, that, that can sort of help in moments like that last night. Here's the good thing about it. Uh, as you enjoy your day off today, John, you do still have the A spot. So Pels are an eighth, a half game above the Lakers, a full game of Oklahoma City, which lost yesterday surprisingly. So you're still there. Um and I just, again, it's in front of you. Go take care of your business. And we're going to be scoreboard watching a little bit tonight. Mavericks at the 76ers. We'd like Philly to win that one. Lakers are at the Bulls. We'd like the Bulls to win again in that one. Who do we root for? Clippers and Grizzlies. Memphis, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, the Clippers are closest. So, you know, you yeah. root for the team that's, you root for the team that's closest to you to lose. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the Clippers. Yeah. And, and the Clippers look like they, I don't want to say they're in a bit of disarray, but they certainly didn't look very good against the Pelicans without Paul George. I didn't know, know Paul George meant that much to them, but maybe they've adjusted to it. And then, you know, you got a little feisty Memphis team that, you know, they, they talk a lot and they talk a lot. And, man, you, God, I wish they shut up sometimes. But they're a good team. They're a really good team. You know, you'd like to see somebody put them in their place and, right. and, and, and you know, and humble them down. But I don't know if there is a, a bone of humility in some of those guys. So, you know, you got to deal with them. I don't know if you have dinner plans already, but something tells me at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN, T-Wolves and Suns, Kevin Durant, the home debut, he's expected to play tonight. Um, the T-Wolves have been playing pretty impressive basketball, winning at Golden State, winning at Sacramento. Now they're taking on the Suns. That's one I'm keeping an eye on because that is the final regular season game for the Pelicans, the T-Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can get every bit of help you can get out of that one if you can get Phoenix to get a win there. And Kevin Durant, but that, that's Man, that dude can miss three weeks, he can miss three months, he can miss a year and a half. Yeah. When he come back, he going to be Kevin Durant. 
He's going to give you 27, 28, 30, and he's going to do it smooth. And I don't know what it is about that dude, but he is one of the best scores I have ever laid eyes on, and he does it with so it looks like so little effort that it's a crying shame. So I expect him to be right back into it. Not you know Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota's got the wherewithal to, to deal with them. So hopefully you know they take care of you know take care of Minnesota, and then you know we get that last game there, and hopefully we take care of them. Yeah, no doubt. At John DeShazer is the way to follow, of course, John, over on Twitter, NewOrleansSaints.com, and, of course, on Pelicans games, including tomorrow night. Thank you for your time, man. Go enjoy the rest of your day in Denver. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Saw a picture from the graph. He's enjoying it. He's at Coors Field watching a baseball game going on. Tomorrow is opening day. We'll be literally down the street from where we are here at UCFC. We're going to be over at Francesca by Katie's. Deli and Pizzeria will be there tomorrow for our Major League opening day show. We're all going to be wearing our baseball gear. Cubs gear. Chef Scotty. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. Even with the convenience of Uber and Lyft, king-size accidents can happen in a rideshare. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced in handling rideshare accidents and will fight for a king-size recovery for your injuries. Get the royal treatment you deserve at The King Firm. At The King Firm, we treat every client like royalty. If you've been injured in a rideshare crash, ring The King at 909-KING. LA20-11132. Celebrating 75 years in business. Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003 on the Upper Circle Family Chiropractic Hotline. That's where we are today. Over here in West Harrison. Dr. Josh Roulette's been stopping by and chatting with us here as well as we were talking about that game last night. In San Francisco. Anyway, during that broadcast, as I was mentioning, you did see um, Chris Haynes talk about Zion. And 
This was the update that I was just referencing with John DeShazer. I'll play it for you now. Welcome back to the Bay Area where the Warriors hold a one-point lead over the Pelicans. Midway point in this first quarter. Zion Williamson has been sidelined for the Pelicans since early January with a hamstring strain. And during that process of trying to return, he did suffer a setback, which is prolonging his return. Now, there's good news for the Pelicans. Zion Williamson is working out on the court. As far, the source told me this morning that he had a rigorous workout this morning. Looking good, explosive, explosiveness is looking there. And so as of right now, the plan is to be reevaluated at some point in the middle of next week. And at that juncture, the Pelicans will only have about two games left in schedule. So with Coach Willie Green will have a decision to make as far as what they do. But again, as far as that reevaluation re goes, it's not for sure if he will be cleared at that time. So there's still some hurdles, but there's some good news. He's making progress. No, no setbacks as of right now. And you heard the whistle there and watching the video and B.I. took a spill as he got hard fouled. Anyway, um, I still think you'll see him. Look, I, I know there's a lot of speculation of will they play him, will they just shut him down? And, and referencing last year when this team was in the play in situation. It's two completely different situations, to me at least. Last year, at this time, when they made it into the play-in, Zion Williamson had not played a lick of basketball. Not a minute, not a quarter, not a half, not a game. At all. This time, as we near a possible play-in or playoff game, if they get in, he played half the season. He played half the season well enough to be an all-star starter. So... I think it's different. This is a, are you healthy enough to play situation as opposed to you haven't played in a year. And now we're going to throw you out there and that's when you do get hurt. And if you were in basketball shape, look, even with Brandon Ingram, as we saw who won the Western conference player of the week award back on Monday, it took him a little bit. He hadn't played for two months. So do I think if he is cleared Wednesday and is, Told by Coach Green, we're going to give him 15 minutes against the Grizzlies. Is he going to look like December Zion? Probably not. Likely not. Is he going to look like All-Star Zion against the Knicks? Probably not. Likely not. Is he going to look like Zion, the All-Star starter, vote-getter, in the final regular season game against Minnesota on Easter Sunday? Probably not. But if he has played... Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. I would think Sunday is going to feel better, look a little better, start getting that shot in his hand a little bit better. To my point being, if he is ready to go and has played some basketball and it is a play-in game or it is a first-round play-in game and you bypass the play-in, if somehow the Pels can get to six, then... I think he can help you. So when you look at it all, that makes a lot of sense to me. So that's why I, I look, I'm, when you hear that report, it kind of goes to what we were talking about last week. I think right now what is happening is they're ramping up. I don't know anything certain. I don't know anything more than what's being reported, but I said last week at this time as, uh, Josh joins us back again here, I wanted to hear him run. I wanted to hear that he was running, he was doing stuff. When I hear rigorous workout, that's not, I'm just standing here and I'm taking shots. That's, 
that's I'm running, running and cutting and you know doing things of that nature. So you know how these things work out though. Then they have to do three on three and four on four well, and five on five. But so again, what point in the well, process it's a week from it? today. So right. during the next week, which is seven days today, tomorrow they're at Denver. Then they come home. Right, and then right. they don't play again until Saturday against the Clippers. So maybe Friday you're you're doing that three on three, and you're seeing that. That would be my guess. I don't know if they're going to do that on the road. They may, you know. I mean, there's no eyes, there's nobody there to do it. But my guess is, you play Thursday, you come home Friday. It'll probably be an off day, but he can go to the you know facility and get a workout in. Maybe they try that there. Maybe they do it Sunday. Before, um, you know, afterwards uh, on the Clipper game. So my guess is in the next five to seven days, they are going to do the three-on-three game. That would be right. my guess, right? Because you have that back-to-back Monday, Tuesday. Right. Or is it Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday, Wednesday. So they play Saturday here at home against the Clippers. Maybe Sunday's an off day or maybe it's a practice day. But my guess would be maybe you see that three-on-three game take place on Sunday or Monday. Right. Going into that back-to-back See how that is, or you do the three on three before, and then you see if he can practice that Sunday or Monday going into the back to back Tuesday, Wednesday, Kings and Grizzlies. So he's not going to play the back to back, but again, the next update has been scheduled for next Wednesday based off of last Wednesday saying in two weeks we'll let you know. Right. So that would be next Wednesday. And look, I'm of the. And you know better than me because you work on, on human bodies and stuff. But I, if if he's playing and he's going, I mean, you could always re-injure yourself on anything and stuff. But if he's good to go, you're absolutely are playing him. Yeah, There's no be- reason not we're to. We're better with him. So we would definitely play him if, if he's ready to go. I mean, the only fear is we need to win those two games to get in. And he right. hasn't played with the team in 45 games. And, you know, there's a bit of rust or something. Right. There is. But, you know, to, to the thing that I look at, too, in general, see you, but we only have two minutes before the break. I'll come to you at the start of the break, uh, the start of the hour. The, the thing that, that I look at it, though, Josh, is I, I, I say when I look at his game, and I'm not saying the December game. I'm looking at in the past when he's come back from injury, even this season or whatever, he can get a lot of his points on putbacks off the glass. If he misses it, the second tip in, throw his hand in on the glass, uh, on right. the block, catch and pass. He can do and affect a lot of things. Yeah. I'm with you. Is he going to have that burst? Is he going to have that, you know, that explosive? I mean, he was perfecting the spin and drive. Yeah. You know, this season where he just he goes and he's just destroying people. That's going to get there eventually. That's not going to be there when he first gets on the court. It's impossible. He hasn't yeah, played in three months. Else, right. But you can absolutely affect the game. Throw the ball in the block. Yeah. Defense collapse. Kick it out. You can absolutely crash the board. Jonas misses. Bi misses. Cj misses. Trey misses. Tip it back in. So I, I think that's the beauty of it. This isn't a jump shooter like bi or something like that that re- requires his legs to get the shots in most i mean let's be honest zion even this year in becoming an all-star starter most of the games when they show the, the shot chart none of them are out of the paint they're all in the paint so even his shots that's what i'm unquote, saying i'm not worried paint. i'm not worried about whether or not he can score because all of his stuff comes in the paint yeah essentially this isn't a guy that re you know, is on the arc that lives on the arc, or lives at the nail, or lives on the elbow. He lives literally in the paint. So it's one or two steps for a guy that's six, you know, 
seven, whatever he is. So <laughs> it's, I, I think he can affect the game. So get healthy, get him out there, and then I think he absolutely helps you. Yeah, if they didn't think he helped us and they didn't think we he was healthy, he wouldn't play. You saw him yesterday. He's trying to fire up he his was team. Ready to, yeah, he was ready to yeah. go on the court The yesterday. guy wants to play. Yeah, so, he wants to play. Uh, quick break. We come back. General D, we'll hear from you here as well as Hour 2, live at Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic uh, on the ESPN New Orleans. 